This week, back to normal after our two In My Mug specials. But not so normal as Beto is a legend in coffee. Super, super special. My name is Steve Layton, and I travel the world finding amazing and delicious coffee for you to drink at home. Some make coffee difficult to understand and complicated, but here it's my job to make it easy and fun and tell you what's in my mug. So I first discovered this farm, El Limon, on my trip to Guatemala in early 2013, I think it was. And at the time, I never bought any coffee directly from Guatemala. But since then, this has become one of our strongest and most amazing relationships, which has been uh, kind of fostered over the past four years. My friend Raul, um, Raul Rodas, who is the World Barista Champion of 2012, uh, lives in Guatemala. Um, and he'd been buying from this farm for his own private roasting company. When he invited me across in 2013 to help find some direct relationships, he introduced me to, uh, to Beto. Uh, the farm is located around about an hour's drive from Guatemala City in the small town of Palencia. Um, and this farm sits at an altitude between 1,600 and 1,800 metres above sea level. And he's owned, I'm going to try his full name, Guadalupe Alberto Reyes, but we'll call him Beto who used to be the mayor of Palencia and actually has turned back in the last election into being the mayor of uh, Palencia too. So I find that um, interesting that he has politics and coffee on his plate. Uh, Palencia is not part of the eight regions of coffee defined by Ana Cafe, who are the uh, organising kind of committee of Guatemala. But you can see that there's a lot of development in that zone for coffee. And this farm is a perfect example of that development. See, I like being in places that are working up to being hot and up and coming rather than those well-established players that you find in Antigua or in uh, Amatitalan or places like that. Um, one of the main reasons I love El Limon is their desire to experiment. Um, it mostly produces Bourbon and Couture, but they have a few other varietals that they're playing around with. Um, and this experimentation comes wholly from Beto and his idea that he wants the coffee to be better year on year and he wants, doesn't just want to sit with the status quo. Um, he wants to take care in every step from picking to processing to shipping. Um, he also wants to take more care of the agronomy of the farm, which is something he's been doing. Um, and this has been helped by his son, um, who is also Beto. He is currently studying agronomy um, so he can bring more to the farm, which is, uh, which is super interesting. Dedication and care that he puts into each step is reflected that they've just built a brand new mill They've got new picking areas, they've got new planting, um, they've got brand new patios where they can separate coffee into different lots. Things that the previous mill just couldn't do. Um, and now they're able to process a lot more coffee and keep those pickings separate uh, and look at the experiments that they're doing. And with this wet mill came them, with them the opportunity to help their neighbours. So they're processing for some of the neighbours in Palencia um, and helping them kind of improve their coffee too. Another sign that this place is going to be a hot spot for Guatemalan coffee. Um, as time has gone on, Beto doesn't want to stand still. He's continuing to invest in the farm. He's recently shown me that uh, he's had a, a lot of new planting, a lot of new building. He's looking to build a new cupping station and QC lab. Um, new accommodation for the workers, which has been completed. So if it gets at their process until 2, 3 in the morning, nobody has to go home and wake up their family. They can sleep on the farms. Um, Beto's family also are the most perfect hosts whenever I visit. Like, lovely, beautiful people. 
great pride in showing me the farm uh, and taking me around uh, and also welcoming me into their home, giving me amazing food. They have some of the best food you can ever believe. And when you're traveling and you're mid-end trip and you suddenly arrive in somebody's house instead of a restaurant or a, a roadside cafe, a traditional Guatemalan meal is exactly what you need. Um, and I always look forward to the food there when, uh, when I go. But mostly I look forward to the company. Um, the other thing to tell you about Beto is it's not just his son who's studying. Um, he's also studying um, at college. Um, we actually shared the car with him uh, as he was going to his college course last time we visited. And um, he's not studying anything like, you know, politics or, you know, all of those things. He's doing painting because he just wanted to learn how to paint, which I think is pretty awesome too. Okay, okay, I'm going to slow down with these. But it is time for another snozzer in the bowl. I know it's the third one in four weeks, but I felt it was important to do on this one. So why are we smelling? Well, we want to smell the aromas of the coffee and give us an idea of what it's going to taste like. I have the benefit of knowing what it tastes like. But if I first got this coffee put in front of me, before I drink it, I want to smell it. Um, in the past, this was used to find defects. So it was used to find problems with the coffee, but now it's used to really give you an idea when you are working with specialty coffee of what's to come. So nose in there, again, you smell a lot of that sweetness coming off and I'm getting a little bit like a white sugar kind of smell from it. But one thing that's very dominant in there is it just smells like somebody squirted like a fresh orange over there, kind of satsumery, orangey uh, zing coming from it. And I can't wait to taste it now. Ah, Guatemala. Yes, so Guatemala, the, uh, the Mayan civilization, which was 2000 BC to 250 AD, were amongst the first that were in this region, but had little contact with cultures outside of Mesoamerica. Um, the modern history of Guatemala really began with the Spanish conquest of Guatemala in 1511. And in more recent history, um, the United Fruit Company lobbied the United States government to overthrow the Guatemalan government. I can only think for financial gain. And the US engineered a coup in 1954 that ended the revolution that was installed by a military regime and, and they installed a military regime in their place. Soon after, that meant governments were jolted out by civil war. There were government to government, leftist guerrillas, and they lasted from 1960 to 1966. The war saw human rights violations, including genocide of the indigenous Mayan population by the United States-backed military. Followed by the end of the war in 97, Guatemala re-established a, a representative democracy, although it has since struggled to enforce the rule of law and suffers from high, high crime rates, as well as continued extrajudicial killings, often executed by security forces. So let's get into the brewed coffee. I've gone with the Kalita, um, just because I haven't used Kalita for a while. Notice I'm trying to mix up the brew methods a little bit. You shall have a link to the Kalita brew method on your screen right now. Um, one of my first ever big Dynamugs was from Stumptown in Portland, which is this one, and I really like it. It's very thick though. It's very difficult to get your mouth around. Um, We've been on a bit of a chocolate bar trip recently, and this is super chocolatey. Um, 
and you know I don't like using that descriptor because it's a little bit, it's a little bit lame and it's a little bit there. But the acidity after that chocolate hit is very much kind of lemons and limes, and a little bit of an orange kick to it as well. It is citrus fruits. It's basically just a, a whole range of citrus flavours coming through, but it's very clean and very crisp, um, beautifully crisp finish to it. Um, before we wrap up, I'd like just to go on a little tour of El Limon now, but please don't forget your umbrella. So here we are in rainy El Limon, um, going down to the drying patios. Just behind me there, you can see the, the whole washing station and all of the processing that gets done up there. Um, just up there, we've got some accommodation where the workers can sleep um, while they're doing the processing. Um, unfortunately, the rain kind of caught them out, so these lots here that are drying on the patios, pretty much right off. But luckily everything else was able to be gathered up just behind there. Um, let's see what else I can show you. So we should go down to these other patios just down here. Don't know why I've got sunglasses on, really don't need them today. Um, but if we look down here, this is where all of the dirty water gets reprocessed and a lot of the pulp gets sorted, which will then be put all over the plants, you can just see that down there. That down there is what they call, like, they're, they're the floaters, they're the bad coffee that you don't really want to do anything with. They really won't spend time kind of scooping those up. Um, yeah, it's really not very good coffee. And these are the seconds, so these are seconds that they'll do with the naturals again. This is local market consumption stuff, can't be bothered to cover it over really. Um, and then if you just get behind you get a better shot of that whole washing process station. A weird focus on, but a good focus on, I think you'll get agree little bit of fun at the end thank you for watching uh, as always thank you for coming along and being part of this in my mug journey but do remember life is definitely too short for bad coffee <laughs> <laughs>